already know what time it is every Tuesday night at 8, another exciting and insightful edition of the MCW cast. I'm Legacy MCW announcer, Larry Legend. I'm MCW promoter, Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome to the cast. Thank you all for joining us here on this Tuesday night. And of course, thank you all for watching uh, the live video feed on Facebook and YouTube. And of course, if you are listening to your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and CastBox, thank you for subscribing and checking us out each week. Yes, and, and for the, you know, for the very second time ever, we're doing the cast a little different this week. A Zoom with our very special guest known all over the nation, the world, on TikTok, Mr. Professor 318, Nick Harrison. Welcome to the MCW cast. Guys, I am blessed to be here. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Well, I'm really, really happy to have you on. I want to, I just want to jump in here and, and kind of tell you, I, I actually first heard about you from my daughter who's 11 years old, um, that came to me and said, hey, dad, this guy does wrestling entrances. And she thought it was really cool. And then within like a week or two, I saw a lot of the AEW people kind of retweet your stuff, don't they? And that's what, and I yes, saw it on do. Twitter and I was like, I, I got to reach. And then I saw how many followers you had. And I'm like, I got to reach out to this guy um, and kind of touch base. Yeah. And then I saw you did Alita entrance right around the time that we had her in for a weekend. So, pretty. Yeah, it's my my eleven year old son crazy, knew man. you like, were as well too. So <laughs> <laughs> it was you're definitely reaching um, quite the wide ranging demographic. I'm big with the kids. Yep. <laughs> but it's uh, um, it's it's crazy, man. You know, this has been a wild ride and. You know, just a love of professional wrestling, like a deep love of professional wrestling, just kind of spawned all of this stuff and creating the wrestling content. And the fact that, you know, the the, the ladies and gentlemen themselves enjoy what I do and they retweet it and they comment on it is just it's the cherry on top of an already delicious Sunday. So I'm just long, very thankful and blessed. How long have you been doing it? Was it just TikTok specifically you just kind of started doing this with on social media? Yeah, it started out once the pandemic hit back in 2020. Uh, I was at I'm a teacher, so I was at home, bored, didn't have anything to do. Uh, so I just started making these videos and eventually it creeped into professional wrestling. And that's when it really started to kind of hit and move and the followers started to grow and grow. And I just start spreading it across other platforms and you know, we are where we're, we're, where we are today. And I'm just extremely thankful for the opportunities that it has afforded me. And Well, Tara is a school teacher, too. I am. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Um, I teach college now and high school kids. But I know you, um, I believe, teach what, sixth grade? Is that correct? And you you teach the younger kids? Well, I started out in college uh, teaching at Grand Lake State University. Uh, which is where the nickname The Professor came from, <clears throat> and went from there to teaching elementary school, where I taught fourth, fifth, and sixth grade over seven years, and now I'm the dean of students at a junior high school here in the area. Oh, okay, great. So you like did the opposite of what I did. I did the young kids first, and then went to um, the older kids and, and adults. So, oh, that's great. That's I imagine you were quite popular. Right. 
with the kids. Um, I know that that has always been my in with them is to say, hey, does anyone like wrestling? <laughs> um, you know, and that's always been that common, you know, when you don't quite know how to reach some kids, a lot of them are into wrestling. And I've found that that is a way that I can connect. And has that been your experience as well? Yes, uh, it was crazy. Uh, I would go to local wrestling shows and see some of my students there. And uh, once I started doing the social media thing, uh, they were like, wait, you like these guys too? Yeah, I do like these guys too. And it got even better when they uh, got to get in on it with me for a lot of these entrances, especially the ones that did very, very well and uh, got recognized by these gigantic entities. The kids, their eyes got as big as saucers for a lot of that stuff. So it, it's just been really cool to be able to connect with the younger generation that way with the content and with the work that I do. Okay. I saw one of your um, videos. I think it was Randy Orton entrance you did. It looked like it was at a local wrestling show. Um, that's what I was going to ask you. Had you gotten involved with like a local independent? Yes, actually. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Uh, working with um, a local independent wrestling company here, Bayou Independent Wrestling, uh, as there, I started out as a heel manager and went from managing to commissioner, uh, and that's the role that I play now. Uh, but you know, sometimes while I'm at the shows, I get to do a little bit of content. I got chopped in the chest by Tim Storm, uh, which wow. was amazing and very painful all at the same time. And uh, there was the Randy Orton interest. Yeah, it's that was wild uh, to be chopped in the chest by a former NWA world champion. Uh, I, it's crazy, but that's a dream of mine. So <laughs> there we are. You know, you get to live your dreams doing this kind of stuff. So it was really cool. I watched that one. And I um, I recall you said that you were going to take off your signature vest to really feel that chop. Correct. <laughs> I thought. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, chops are definitely something that you will feel. Um, you know, the guys will pull your shirt up and make sure they leave that handprint on you. Um, so I, I thought that was funny when I was watching some of your videos. I was like, oh, you really took it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. it's uh, Tim was messing with me before we went out there. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, yeah, I think it'll be fun. He's like, no, no, it won't. But uh, okay, if that's what you want to do. And uh, <laughs> I got tricked into doing it twice. So it was just, uh, it, the, it was a great experience and also a very horrible experience all at the same time. Yeah, um, from speaking from the, the, hey Dan, thanks for rejoining us. Um, but speaking from- but My the, computer just shut down. Are you guys there? Yeah, we're, we're here. here. Is that what happened? I just disappear? My computer you just did. shut down. <laughs> you just you asked, I don't know what happened. You asked the question and then you, you signed off and Nick was happy enough to let us know that, um, yeah, he kind of got wrangled into a local promotion, Bayou, what is it, Bayou Professional Wrestling? Bayou um, Independent Wrestling, yeah. Bayou Independent Wrestling and ended up finding himself on the, the end of a Tim Storm, former NWA world champion Tim Storm, chopped him um, as part of Oh, a, wow. Yeah. And I do have that video queued up if we want to um, add that in, actually, if we want to take a quick look at that. Yeah, was it a, was it an overhand chop or was it a, you know, like a, a karate chop? It was overhand. It was a nice little overhand Ooh. chop. Ooh. Right down on the chest. Oh, That's nice. Yeah, it was that business. Yeah, it was, 
it, it wasn't a nightmare. <laughs> that that used to be the way we all kind of got broke in the business. We just the chop drills. <laughs> Here we go. Let's watch that. We got to see that in action. <laughs> Yes. That's what it was. Okay. So what did you just pop up at the local indie and they had recognized you from TikTok or did you kind of know them? They reach out to them beforehand. Well, I worked with that indie. Oh, uh, gotcha. I okay. started back in 2007. I started out as a heel manager uh, for oh, okay. Bayou Independent Wrestling. And gotcha. I got the chance to work with uh, some really good talent. And uh, a few years ago, because uh, they went on hi- hiatus and came back, when they came back, they asked me to be commissioner. And uh, that's what I do now is I'm the commissioner of Bayou Independent Wrestling. So it's just it's fun to do that kind of stuff. And, it's, you know, again, it's been one of the dream, one of a, a dream of mine ever since I was a, a kid uh, to work in wrestling in some way, shape or form. So this just I, I love every minute of it. You said Louisiana, right? Correct. Yes. Is that what you said? Right, is how close is that to New Orleans? Uh, I live about five hours away from New Orleans. Oh, I'm so at you're the a bit top away. New Orleans is down at the bottom. Yeah, because we're, we're like Luke Hawks. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He does a lot of yeah. movie stuff. He's one of one of my close friends. He's a, I, I, he's really like a kid to me. I was helping him, helping him uh, when he was 12 or 13 trying to get in. But he's got his school and all down there. That's why I was asking how close yeah. to you. You know, he, he's got a, a good bunch of kids and did a lot of good events down there, too. Yeah, I've heard so, a lot about Luke, and uh, you know there are a lot of guys here in uh, Louisiana and in East Texas and West Mississippi, South Arkansas, like in this area that I'm in, that do a lot of good work and uh, are just uh, fun to 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 work with on a regular basis. Uh, so yeah, we used to uh, have Lance Archer come in uh, quite a bit, and uh, we're working with Cassidy Riley now. Uh, if you remember Cassidy, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lance just did it. Lance just did a show for us up here. He was just up here a couple of weeks ago. So he was a real guy, a real, you know, a lot of you, a lot of these, some, some guys are difficult to work with um, mm-hmm. some of the bigger stars, but Lance was a really good guy. It was really, really nice to work with him. Yeah. He's always fun to bring in and uh, just a great guy in the locker room to, uh, he just tells the best stories and he's just yeah. good to be around. Gotcha. So you, I guess you're not so much of a heel manager anymore, huh? You, they're going to cheer you. They're not going to boo yeah. you too much. No, like it's uh, that's 
That's I, I had a lot of fun doing that, but uh, once things kind of changed up for me, uh, life-wise, uh, the guys who run it were like, you know, we want to kind of switch it up a little bit because of, you know, the way that you live your life. And uh, I think that it would be a good move, and it was. And uh, I, I truly appreciate them giving me uh, that avenue to go down uh, working on both sides of it. Uh, I may go heel again one day, but for right now, I'm kind of yeah. enjoying baseline. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Larry, are you guys still there? Yep. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so you have accumulated 10 million likes. That is crazy. Like what, ha- what went through your head? Like, what did your family say? Like, you know, were they, you know, were you kind of checking TikTok to see it grow? I mean, you've got almost a million followers and 10 million likes. Like, I know my 11-year-old's on TikTok, and he got excited when he got 4,000 followers. Like, I can't imagine um, 10 million likes and a million followers. It's it's so cool to watch the numbers and see it grow. It was never a part of the plan. Like I said, I got on it uh, on a whim. You know, when I first downloaded TikTok uh, two years ago, I deleted it immediately because I thought it was a kid's app, and I thought I was going to get put on a watch list because I had it on my phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, I was convinced at the beginning of the pandemic to uh, get back on and uh, saw a lot of the comedy stuff and did a lot of that. But then when I saw that there was wrestling TikTok, I kind of dove headfirst into that. And that has helped my audience grow exponentially. But it was never a part of the plan. You know, I thought a thousand followers was cool back when I got it because that meant that you could go live. But now yeah. I'm creeping up on a million and it's just it blows my mind every time I look at it. Is that a rule on TikTok? Cause I'm, I'm, st- I'm really just starting to learn about it. Um, you know, but is that a rule? Like you have to have so many followers to go live. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, if you, you can't go live on TikTok until you have a thousand followers and uh, there's some other thing. Like if you want to get paid doing TikTok, there's the creator fund, but you can't do that until you get to 10,000 followers And then there's other stuff that unlocks once you get more followers and more likes and more views and uh, start being more consistent with your views on your videos. So it's it's interesting to know, like the business side of it, because it is a lot of fun. But TikTok can be uh, very business oriented if you if you choose to make it that. Right. Right. Yeah, we actually just kind of and you having a lot to do with it. We at, we're, we're opening up and starting an MCW TikTok. Um, just kind of, like I said, I, I, I was, I heard about it, but you know, sometimes it can get overwhelming too with so many different social media apps. And like you said, I had always thought, well, it was just for kids. And then as yeah. you start looking into it more, you realize um, it's a lot more than that. Was there, you hear a lot of uh, different people um, that, that go viral, so to speak, um, no matter what app it is, was, was there any, any particular video or videos that kind of um, that kind of spark that for you? I know, like for instance, I was like where I was watching the DDP Relentless, and he was talking about for him, like with his popularity on social media with DDP, it was like that Author Borman video, like the one video he could kind of point to that really like turned things around, and all of a sudden um, mm-hmm. things started exploding. Was there something like that for you? Yeah, uh, I did a video where I remade the ABCs to this song by Korn called Coming Undone. Uh, that just went, 
viral all over the world. Jonathan Davis, uh, the lead singer of Korn, uh, shared it on his Instagram story. And oh, because wow. of that, all of these different outlets started writing articles about me and uh, John, how Jonathan Davis shared my video. And that ended up becoming uh, just like the the big viral thing. That's part of the reason I ended up getting uh, 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 verified on TikTok was because of stuff like that and all of the news articles that were written all over the world about that. Uh, I had uh, a video where I did Batista's entrance uh, that got mm -hmm. shared by Batista himself that blew up all over Twitter, which helped grow my audience on Twitter. Uh, there was the uh, Shawn Michaels entrance where I created his WrestleMania 12 entrance uh, coming down from the rafters. Uh, oh, he did. <laughs> in the all white uh, that huh. Shawn uh, retweeted on his stuff. And uh, it's, you know, videos like that. And I had, there was another video I did of his original entrance coming into my classroom uh, that got like a million views in two days. Uh, it was insane. Uh, how some of these videos just took off the way that they did. And I, there's a good number of them uh, that have amassed uh, 3 million, 2 million, 1 million uh, views on TikTok. And it just, and I, some of them have done really well on Twitter too, uh, which has helped a great deal with that following and then the following on instagram grew because of some of the stuff that i did uh because bleacher report was sharing a lot of my content uh the bleacher report wrestling was sharing a lot of my content uh as well as uh different different wrestling outlets uh wwe was sharing my stuff aew uh was sharing my stuff there's a video uh that aew duetted of me doing adam cole's entrance and they did adam cole doing his entrance right next to me uh, that has a, at right at a million views on uh, Instagram now on AEW's Instagram page. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it just like a lot of these videos have just taken off in ways that I couldn't even possibly imagine. And uh, it's it's just crazy. But it all started really with the uh, corn ABCs. Gotcha. Was that something you just kind of woke up and all of a sudden? It, it, like things were going crazy and you were like what the hell's going on and then you had to kind of figure out what happened there was no sleeping with that it was crazy right. like right. I, I i had done uh right before that video like the week before i had done a video of me just listening to coming undone in my truck and that went viral that ended up on imager and all these other uh social media sites and i couldn't get the song out of my head because i kept checking TikTok and the video kept popping up and I kept hearing the song over and over again. So I'm right. sitting at work uh, in my classroom and I'm singing the song and I just start singing the ABCs to it. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. So I immediately run to the truck, go get my tripod, record the video, record the song right there in the classroom. Uh, Jonathan Davis shares it. Uh, Loudwire puts me on the cover of their page because he shared it. And then after that happens, consequences sound, uh, these uh, all of these big outlets all over the world, especially in like uh, Europe and South America, uh, Brazil, uh, all these other places just really started grasping on to that. And it's, you know, it just doing stuff on a whim, man, like hearing a funny song in my head and saying, oh, this is really cool. Let me go and do that. 
or watching uh, Seth Rollins do his entrance uh, the night before and thinking, man, that'd be really cool to do that in the classroom and getting the kids involved and doing that. And then it, he shares it and it just blows up on Twitter. It, it just it, It's fun to see stuff like that happen. And I, it, it's really cool. And I, I, that's why I, I'm where I am now. Yeah. On here with you guys. That video is everywhere. Um, it's on YouTube. I saw it. I it was on some some mommy pages and some mommy groups on Facebook. Like their kids are asking to watch it multiple times a day. Um, it's quite a uh, you know it's a lengthy song. I have it um, queued up. I want to show just a couple seconds of it so people can really see how you change this. And then I actually want to talk about your singing um, a little bit um, after that. So let me um, pull that up for you. All right. taste of it but the full length you can see of course on your tiktok it's on youtube um uh you know it, it it was really catchy and having taught young kids i could totally see the appeal of that um getting kids to just sit down and kind of listen to it um and that i'm sure your kids loved it in your classroom right yeah i mean it's that, that kind of stuff, is, as you know, as a teacher, that kind of stuff, uh, using music uh, to and, and integrating it with education uh, really catches the kids and they tend to enjoy it. I, I, I can't tell you how many times uh, a parent has come up to me and said, I, I'm t I've taught my child the ABCs to that. That's how I'm teaching my child the ABCs is to your song. It's like it's like a generational changing type thing uh, that. I, I I can't even put it into words what it means to me to hear people say that to me. Uh, there's actually a video I still need to do edit uh, that somebody tagged me in of them watching it with their child and their child like singing along and head hang, head banging along with me. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's so cool and it you know it's just it it's crazy that that is where this journey has taken me and I, I can't be anything but thankful for that. So I noticed um, on your TikTok that you've got a lot of songs. You you mentioned uh, head, banging your head. You've got a lot of songs like that. Um, you are a heavy metal fan, I take it? Uh, I, I enjoy music, uh, a lot of music, <laughs> but yeah, heavy metal 
is one of my favorites that I listen to on a regular basis. And uh, I have uh, like Metallica and Dio and just all, so many different bands that I, I, I truly, truly enjoy. And so I'll do, I'll headbang in the truck and those videos have taken off and done pretty well too. It, it's crazy. Uh, you know, Metallica just had their anniversary shows out in San Francisco and they actually requested to use a couple of my videos at their show. Oh yeah. So that just like when, yeah, that's <laughs> when cool. you get emails from Metallica and they're like, Hey, can we use your stuff? It, yeah, uh, man, go yeah. for it, right? Right. Yeah, you're not gonna say no to Metallica, right? <laughs> no, you you don't say no to Metallica, exactly. man. Exactly. No. That's, Let me ask. Uh, it's just. It's Have you ever seen Metallica in concert? No, uh, I was no? supposed to go to Louder Than Life in uh, Louisville this past year, and I didn't get a chance to go. I had bought my wristbands and everything, because Corn was supposed to be there, Metallica was supposed to be there for two nights, and I didn't get a chance to see it. But I, I, I do hope to go see Metallica uh, this coming year, because I know they're playing a couple of different festivals uh, during the summer and in the fall that I'd like to go to. I, I only saw them once. It was at a festival, and they were the last act, and they played for three and a half hours, like into the middle of the night. And um, I was blown away. I had previously never given a thought to Metallica and I'll be completely honest. Like I've been to at least 250 concerts. Like that's my thing. I love to go to concerts. Um, but I just had never, I had an opportunity to see Metallica, but I didn't go. And then, like I said, they were headlining a festival and it was like a multi-day thing. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And they blew me away. They really did. So you got good musical taste there. I haven't, when I was looking through your uh, TikTok, I was like, oh, I like that. I like that too. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's uh music cool. is something that i love man that's one of my favorite things in the world mm -hmm. uh it just takes me to different places you know depending on what kind of day i've had uh it, it helps me out a great deal music is my therapy uh and you know so different i i love so many different musical genres and tastes mm -hmm. uh so it's you know it's not i do love heavy metal but that it, there's so much more uh music in me that i mm -hmm. love so yeah, I, I totally understand, man. I get it. I yeah. do. Now, did you ever envision yourself having a singing career? Because you are singing in a lot of these videos too that I saw. Uh, there was a time uh, I do enjoy to sing. I host karaoke uh, here locally, okay. uh, so that's one of the things karaoke. that I say that again. I'm sorry. We love karaoke. <laughs> yes. Karaoke, man, that's my thing. Uh, I host karaoke and uh, I go to karaoke all the time. Uh, singing is a, a big part of my life and what I do. So, yeah, I want a lot of the stuff that you see me doing on TikTok. It's all passions of mine. You know, I talk about sports. I talk about music. I talk about professional wrestling a bunch. Uh, I talk about education and teaching and being an administrator uh, I talk about life and relationships, you know, things that I truly love and enjoy and what I'm, you know, things that are really prevalent in my life uh, at the time. About a week or so ago, I did a video about Bridgerton. You know, it's, you just, you know, it's just it's things that you really enjoy and love. And singing is a big part of my life. So that's, you know, there are a lot of videos of me singing uh, up on my TikTok and I love it. I do. Yep. Uh, you know. And you're right. I have thought about it before. I was supposed to record a whole 
album of parodies, kind of like the ABC one mm-hmm. uh, that I never did get a chance to do. But there are some that I've done and posted on TikTok. Like I just did one to uh, Twisted Sisters, We're Not Gonna Take It. Uh, oh, yeah. Say, I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm not going to You tell somebody that you're going to be somewhere. You're, I'm not going to make it. It's something that I really love doing. And uh, yeah. So thank you for the compliment. Appreciate it. Well, and you know, I see a lot of your fans are saying you should be in a band. You should be, you know, when are you going to do this professionally? So obviously there's lots of people that share that enthusiasm too. And you're making quite an impression. Uh, you had mentioned all the topics that you talk about and your teacher videos crack me up, I guess, because, you know, I've been there, but my favorite, one of my favorites was when you did the warrior entrance and it was uh, <laughs> captioned when teachers clock out on Friday. That is me. Oh, yeah. like, I have, I have been there, especially when I taught the little kids, like when 315 came around, it was like, how fast can you run to your car? And I happen to be a big ultimate warrior fan. I have a tattoo on my arm, big fan, but that popped me when I saw that video. I was like, Oh, I can relate. <laughs> and even yeah. if you're not a teacher, that's probably everybody everywhere at like five o'clock on a Friday, you know what I mean? For whenever your workday ends. I love that video. A dead sprint. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like what I, I wanted to do it as like a WrestleMania warrior entrance where it just took me a minute to get from the uh-huh. door to the car. Running the yeah. stage and everything. Yeah. <laughs> just arms pumping, going the whole way. It's it's crazy. And I've I've actually done that warrior video like a couple times with the uh uh as a teacher clocking out on Friday, mm-hmm. uh somebody who doesn't use public restrooms running from their car to the door <laughs> once they get home. And it's real. Yeah, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a real thing, Larry. Yeah, like, it's a real just, thing. They only go in their home. They don't go anywhere other than their home. So <laughs> we only play on the home field, Larry. We yeah, only play. <laughs> Another being, being oh, a New ahead, Yorker, then. being a New Yorker will break you of that because once you're in the city and you're swept up in that big, uh, you know, mess of people, it's kind of like when I gotta go, I gotta go. Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's uh, sometimes you just can't wait. But for those of you who do, God bless you, because I know that you're going through it a time or two throughout the week. Hey, hey, what was the first wrestling, the first wrestling video that you did? Do you remember? Oh, man. Uh, it might have been uh, possibly. I know <laughs> Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I, cause I've done that Batista entrance like twice. And it used to be that I would just do them in my room at home and record it and put it on TikTok. And, you know, people would really get into it because the Batista one is one that I have down pat with the jumping up in the air with the arms and hitting the leg. Uh, it's one of my favorites and I've done it a bunch. Like I used to do it a lot when I would play Madden and I'd score a touchdown and I just, yeah it's uh that that one uh possibly uh sean michaels uh because it used to be that i would just do uh just like comedy videos set to some of these entrances uh you know if you've never danced around to uh sexy boy by sean michaels you're not a real fan (laughs) you know we've all done it at one point or another just doing the sean michael dance and everything so it just uh I, it's so I'd have to go back and look, man, because I can't even remember the first one that I did, and there have been so many. But... I went back. 
I scrolled all the way to the beginning of your, I, I did. Uh, I scrolled all the way to the beginning. Um, I saw a lot of comedy ones, but the first wrestling one I found was that was titled at least. Maybe some of these ones in your, in your house weren't, were wrestling, but not titled was a Ric Flair one actually. So, and I know Makes you, sense. Know, you have a lot of Ric Flair ones too. Uh, I Make love sense. that. Ric Flair is a motivational speaker, teaching with Flair. There were so many of them. Um, and you got the robe and you got the wig. And I love when you're like going through all the different different promos and stuff like that, where you have um, got the, the timing on the lip syncing down pat. Now, did you have to practice some of these? I know you did uh, Dusty Rhodes, Hard Times promo. You did a ton of them. So do you spend a lot of time practicing to make sure that everything matches up? Yeah, uh, lip sync is a big part of what you do on TikTok when you do these different sounds. Uh, and the better the lip sync is, the more popular the video will become. That's one of the, the things you have to that people have to realize about TikTok. If you're going to do a lip sync, you got to make sure it's on the money, because if it's not on the money, people are going to notice it. Uh, it's it, You know, you're doing a good job when people are like, man, you you sounded just like I was like, yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, it, so I, I do go over them quite a bit. Some of the wrestling ones, I don't have to go over quite as much because I've probably already said it a bunch of times walking around my house, especially the Ric Flair stuff. Uh, God knows how many times I said that stuff while I was walking around the house before it was even a sound on TikTok. So it just it, so the, the lip sync is very important. But for the wrestling ones, it, it doesn't take much for me to it doesn't take much practice because I've probably been practicing in my house for years before it was even on the app. Have you, have you been a fan of wrestling all your life? Pretty much lifelong yeah. fan. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much all, all of us on this call, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. all, all of us as well. So, you know, That's you wonder that nowadays when we, when we, we, we have a lot of, um, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 50 and I started, I, I wrestled. Um, I got into wrestling when I was 18, started wrestling, um, that was in the 1990s. So, and we've had hundreds of people through our school when I, it's weird now, what's different now when we talk and when a lot of the young kids start and, you know, some of them might be early twenties and some of them had like just started watching wrestling a couple years ago. I guess it's just so much. Um, and, but you know, it's like, I'm like, God, man, I was we were all wrestling fans. Everybody from my era was wrestling fans from when they were like six or seven years old. But I guess maybe that's part of society today with social media and so many things, um, so many different avenues uh, for distraction with kids coming up. I just, I noticed a lot of them are like, you know, a lot of the kids we got coming in are like, yeah, I've been, you know, three or four years, but it's not, I don't see as many, like as many of the kids that have been, you know, fans since they were five, six, seven years old. Like I guess people from our generation. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point, Dan. Like, you know, the ruthless aggression kids. Like, they yeah. would be like adults now. And I don't really, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't seem like the like we were from, uh, you know, the WWF era, 93, 94, 95. And, you know, we lived through yeah. that. But, like, some of those generations after us, it seems like they caught on as opposed to have grown they, up on it. Yeah, like, just caught on to it. That's why some of them, some of our kids – like, you know, early 20s, even, you know, that that puts them in like born around 98, 99, 2000. And 
you know, I, I, you ask them about like the, the attitude air, you know what I mean? And stuff from the early 2000s and they're like, they no, I never, you know, I just started watching. Yeah. But some, but I, I was, you know, six, seven years old, you know? Um, so it's just, it just seems like a lot of the kids getting into it are like they found wrestling late later on, you know, as, as opposed to a lot of us that were, you know, six, seven, eight years old watching and just watched all our lives. Yeah. It's, so. Is you know you grow up with it, uh, especially from the era, you know, and 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 you you know what I'm talking about. Growing up watching you know old NWA and Mid South yeah. wrestling and all of that stuff, and you know being from Louisiana, being from the South, that's what I grew up on was the NWA. So seeing guys like Ric Flair and uh, Sting, Lex Luger, uh, just the Road Warriors, uh, the Four Horsemen. Uh, just Nikita Koloff and just these guys who you just grew up watching and these larger than life figures, because I was watching that before I was watching the WWE. Right. And that, that just added on to all of it. And then growing up through uh, the changes and the new eras and the new wrestlers and guys who are considered to be, you know, legends and hall of famers now, but back when I was coming up and growing up and watching them, you know, they were still guys who were like early on in their careers, you know, seeing a young Triple H, uh, seeing Booker T grow up in the business and become the person that he is now. Uh, some of and uh, Shawn Michaels, even, you know, who started out in like Mid-South Wrestling and became who he is today. It's it, it's so cool to see who these guys were and know who they are now and to have grown up watching all of it. And I think that's what makes, you know, the real seasoned wrestling fan kind of sore is somebody who's grown up and watched a lot of these guys who today, like the young kids today don't even know who some of these guys are. You're like, you don't know who Magnum TA is. Come on. I know he was amazing. You know, just like that, that kind of stuff right there. You have a very sophisticated wrestling palette because of what you've seen, what you know, and where you are now and can look at that and compare it to what you grew up watching and can really have a discernment as to what is really your style and what you really like. And what you say, uh, you know, I, I could do without, but you can still have an appreciation for pretty much everything that you see. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now we were, we're in a, a, see, we, we weren't privy to um mid South. Obviously I learned about it as I got, got into it. Cause in Maryland where we were at, but we had, we had um growing up WWF and NWA, you know, where mm-hmm. I know a lot of places down South, I guess, didn't get WWF, but we had both. Um, but that's where me and my, me and my friends would always fight is to what, you know, the NWA is real. That WWF stuff is fake. You know, that was always uh, ours. So, but, but right. I've learned a lot about Mid South. Yeah. As a kid, just about the only uh, WWF experience I had for a while was waiting up for Saturday night's main event. That was right. about all that I had until we could get like the USA Network or something like that. Like right. we could. Right. Didn't really get a chance to watch a whole bunch of it, but you know, I was at least we had it in time for when Raw started, and you know, moved on to where it is now. Uh, but it wasn't all. I didn't always get a chance to watch the WWF stuff, so I really grew up 
on NWA and WCW. We had TBS, 605, the Superstation. That's, right. that's what we're watching, right. baby. So it's it's it, it's cool to see where it was and to see where it is now and how the business has grown. Uh, and I'm it, so I'm very fortunate yeah. to have been in the position that I was. And it's funny you talk about having a palette and uh, for for the different wrestling. We were just this past weekend. We had a show, and um, you know, I, I we had we were it was at a smaller town in Maryland. Um, so we had a lot of our regular crew not on it. So we had the opportunity because we got we got a pretty successful wrestling training center. We've been really lucky and blessed that um, I, I had the opportunity to help start out a lot of people like, over the years, like Mickey James and Lita, you know, Orlando Jordan and Leo Rush and these guys. So we have a, a pretty pretty successful school and we've had a lot of people on deck ready to go so we were able to start probably about what tara like eight eight students probably like this past saturday got their first match um and i was i pulled a lot of them because i I was like their movements and selling in the ring and i pulled them all in the back after the show and i was trying to explain to them like use a guy an analogy and i said hey um you guys know chris candido and um they were like all looked at me now chris candido i i don't know he maybe not have been popular down south he obviously was skip in the wwe but up here in the northeast oh, dude, and when I'm he was with ECW fan. i know who chris yeah. is so well Love chris can and i like yeah and he was just excellent i mean uh, you know he suffered a lot of the unfortunate you know um demons that a lot of guys but i knew him and i ended up wrestling him a couple times and he was by far the greatest guy greatest performer i was ever in the ring with and ever like all of these kids looked at me and they were like who's that like not one <laughs> and i was like you guys don't know who chris candido is um and they were and all of them were like no so I, I ended up giving them all like i said you guys need to go onto the network into youtube and here's your assignment to pull chris candido smoky mountain and chris candido ecw and watch some of his stuff but i was just like man i can't believe not one of them knows who chris candido is so but yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. that's that generational gap. But it's some of the best. Yeah, yeah Candido was awesome. Candido was, was else. You already know your child is a wrestling superstar, so give them the chance to prove it by stepping into the ring with the most memorable birthday they will ever have. A party at the MCW Arena is a one-of-a-kind experience that gives kids of any age a chance to live their dreams and be a part of the show. Every guest will enjoy the celebration as they make memories that will last a lifetime. So skip the ball pits and trampolines and visit mcwprowrestling.com to sign up for an MCW birthday party today. Did you have a I want I think it was uh what was it? He waved 98 uh where he had that match with Lance, was it him and Lance Storm and he waved 98 for ECW? Yeah, uh, him just, and Lance. Was that when they were great. tag champs and few Yeah. I think that was at, uh, sometime around it. They were just great. Just great. I'm sorry, Tara. Lance was <clears> – <throat> go ahead, Tara. Oh, no. I was asking if you, you had, like, a favorite, you know, that you um, – that was, you know, when you were a kid watching it and everything. Did you have someone that really, uh, you know, you identified with or, you know, just was your – who did you want to see every week? Uh, growing up, my favorite wrestler was uh, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. 
just uh, the, thinking, maybe the, the you got a lot of Ric Flair videos. <laughs> yeah, like just the styling and profiling, and you know the the way that he would talk and stuff that he would say, and you know just look at your fat boy. It's just the, the just the best yeah. stuff from Rick. Uh, and uh, you know, as the years have have grown, you know, I've I've gravitated towards Shawn Michaels and uh, some of his work and what he's been able to do, uh, especially with the longevity. It, you know, so it's just, it's, I liked staying a lot when I was a kid too, of course, uh, with the face paint and the Venice Beach and colorful and, oh, you know, you. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. As a kid. Yeah, damn. Yeah, as a kid, you see those guys, they're just, they're just your favorites, man. So I, yeah, but one person that I would point towards is Ric Flair. As far as when I was a kid, who I really like, I would just wait to see like is Ric Flair gonna be on, and I'd go watch him. So it was just really cool. That's awesome. Did Flair ever come through Mid South as the NWA champion, or no? I think so. Uh, I know that he would run the territories, especially down here, a bunch. Uh, so I want to say, but that mainly you knew him from the NWA. Yeah, I knew him from the NWA, WCW, uh, jumping over to WWF uh, for a while and then coming back. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I knew him from growing up, you know, just the robes and, you know, the pageantry. And, you know, I, I will say, you know, when he did leave, you know, the work that he did with Bobby Heenan and with uh, Kurt Hennig uh, for a while. I love that stuff. NWA, that's some yeah. of the best work that he did in his career is working with those guys. So, yeah, it's it's all really cool. Yeah, and you wonder how much of it, once you get into and you realize, like, the politics in wrestling, um, I've always wondered, like, was his was his run there um, hindered? Could it have been better? You know what I mean? Because there was, you always hear, like, you know, Vince wanted him to succeed, but not too much because, you know, he was an NWA guy coming in. So, like, they always kind of kept their thumb on him. Like, his, yeah. I think his, he did some good stuff, but it could have even probably been better you wonder how much he was maybe Vince held him back, you know, like I'm going to let him shine, but not too much. Yeah. But, you know, you saw, you know, when he left and went back uh, exactly, you know, just the kind of star power that he had and what he was able to do uh, with world championship wrestling is so is it's always been, you know, watching his career and where, what just going back and forth, and how he did in NWA, then going to WWF, then coming back to WCW, and seeing those different phases in his career, and then going back to the WWF at some point, uh, and seeing how that kind of evolution, no pun intended, uh, of his career kind of led him to uh, what it has become now. Uh, just all of those different amalgamations and becoming to, you know, having, being able to have that longevity in your career uh it's just you know it's amazing and it's a testament to the kind of guy that he was in the ring yeah hey you mentioned like 2007 i guess you did some indie managing is that so that was obviously way before tiktok um what did you way, go to like yeah. a local school <laughs> did you did you go to like a local school is kind of get into wrestling is that kind of what what well, so how'd you, how'd you end up with the that guy who, the guy who runs biw uh, is a buddy of mine, Josh Newell. And um, 
I was actually working for an, a local ESPN radio affiliate here uh, in North Louisiana uh, as an on-air talent and producer. Uh, and he knew about the love that I had for, for professional wrestling. He said, hey, I want to kind of get you into what we're doing. And I said, cool. He said, and he had this idea. He says, so first show, you're going to be a plant. And one of the wrestlers is going to push you through like three rows of chairs. And I said, okay. And he said, but eventually that's going to turn into you becoming a special guest referee for his match against one of his heated rivals. You're going to help him win. And then you're going to become his manager. I said, okay, cool. And, uh, you know, we just ran with it from there. And it's some of the most fun I've ever had in my life, just getting to run these people down and just tell them yeah. how dumb they are. <laughs> and just, just become so, just do everything in my power to just be hated. And yeah. it got to the point where people were literally trying to come out of the, break through security to come out of the crowd and attack us. That, that's that's kind of where we were at one point. It's funny because the group that I managed back then, and this is like late uh, aughts, uh, was called the Inner Circle. Oh, this really? Was before NW <laughs> had their Inner Circle. So it's just, it's really funny how that, how that all turned out. Hey, I always tell this story to people about this guy. This is back in the mid 1990s, early 1990s. Um, Michael Parker, and um, he wasn't really bright, and he wasn't really good in the ring, and he was kind of like an outcast at the school. And he came down this. This must have been like 1992. He comes down to school one night, and this is like pre-text messages and all that. But like a couple of the guys had called around, and he had, they said, "Hey, man, Mike." Mike Parker, uh, he wants us all to come down tonight. He said he's going to unveil his new gimmick and his new uh, ring name. And we, and we were all kind of like, oh, we can't wait to see this. This guy's horrible. He's a goof. And we get down there and he comes into school and he goes in the bathroom and he's all proud. And he had this like shirt that he had made and he comes out and gets in the ring. And he says, and we, we said, what is it? And he says, check this out. My name is going to be stone cold michael parker and we were all like that is the dumbest freaking name we've ever heard <laughs> like all of us and the guy axel rotten if you remember him he was an ecw guy he's the guy who broke yeah. me into wrestling like axel so this is like he was he was home from like memphis um like he because he would go down to uswa him and ian rotten and like we were all there we're all cracking up and just berating this guy like that's the stupidest name that's never gonna work what a what kind of dumb name is stone cold michael parker and then anyway fast forward eight years and steve austin made millions and millions of dollars on it, it became the hottest name in wrestling but yeah so that's funny you know i was like ah, oh, maybe mike maybe mike was onto something he was ahead of his time so he's a clairvoyant yeah 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 we did we just didn't want to give him the credit we just didn't want to give him that credit right so that's really neat that's really neat so i always wonder and we've had some radio djs from radio um get in um get into wrestling we've done i mean we've done stuff over the years doing um it's interesting that's why i asked like some, whatever people's path especially years ago um back before you know things in social media was so 
so popular. I remember I had like, there was no way to really find out about wrestling schools, probably in, or, or until like the early two thousands when kind of the internet and things like that started taking off. I remember in the, like, like I, there was a, I ended up, I was actually driving to the monster factory in New Jersey, which was about two and a half hours from here. Cause Larry Sharp had the monster factory. And then to find out as I was going up there, well, like, Hey, wait a minute. We, um, He's like, well, how come you're not going to the Baltimore location? I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? It wasn't social media. So then he directed me to, he's like, yeah, Dwayne Gill um, just opened up a location in down in Baltimore. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, well now I don't, I don't have to drive to New Jersey. <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier <laughs> just to go. It's a lot easier to just go, you know, drive 10 minutes to Glen Burnie. But back in those days, you really right. had to to dig around to find, to kind of find find independent promotions and everything, so makes it a lot easier nowadays. Yeah, it does to be able to find some stuff because you know it's all over the place, and there are, you can find probably find a couple matches uh, on YouTube with me getting my butt kicked by guys like Barrett Brown, and uh, it's so it, it's it's funny uh, that I was that. From being on the radio, I was able to fall into that kind of stuff. There's a story from before I even got the chance to do that. Uh, TNA uh, was doing a house show here in North Louisiana in Monroe. Uh, this was back when they had, you know, Team 3D and Small Joe and a lot of these guys. And they had a, a promotion that they were doing with a couple of the local radio stations. My radio station and there was a rock radio station uh, that a friend of mine worked for. And they were like, we want you guys to come in and be special guest managers for the night. Uh, you'll manage one guy and you'll manage the other. And uh, we were just really excited about the whole deal. And uh, I ended up managing uh, Sean Devari, uh, who was Sheikh Abdul-Bashir at the time. Yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. it was uh, an X Division championship match between him and Homicide. And my buddy was managing Homicide. And I guess they had heard that I had a little experience doing some of that stuff because Homicide was giving me the opportunity to kind of get some work in during the match and like do some chokes and stuff on the ropes while the referee's back was turned, uh, which was just a great experience. Uh, and I ended up slapping my buddy uh, who was standing at ringside with me and uh, Road Dog was an agent uh, for TNA at the time. And we get to the back and he stops and he's like, did you slap him? While you guys were standing, I was like, "Yeah." He said he told my buddy, he was "Like, man, if I were you, I'd slap him back." Like, I don't know why he would. <laughs> so it was just that was really cool to me to be able to look back and say, "Wow, that actually happened." Like, Road Dog was giving us notes on standing, you know, on the ringside doing manager work. So it's just, I, I can't, I can't. I, it's just wild think about that kind of stuff yeah and you get you get bit by the wrestling bug you know how that is once you get in there and start doing it you always hear like steve austin tell stories about how one of the reasons he never came back after leaving for so long because it was so hard to come down off that like adrenaline high and and you know like you end up coming back you like if i end up coming back i'd end up coming back for you know, like Shawn Michaels, he came back for one match and it went like seven years. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you get bit by that bug. So it's definitely, it's definitely hard to walk away from when you get caught up in it. Yeah, it's like the mafia. Yeah. yeah. 
Every time I get out, they keep pulling me back in. Oh, yeah. That's oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a question of, you know, learning about the TikTok and um, obviously, Nick, you know what your, what your stuff with it. How uh, big of an impact do you think it would be if music was not as integrated into the social network for there to be kind of like a popular song that from the jump, a lot of people are already familiar with, uh, you know, some of those songs like that from Korn or Metallica, if I hear, you know, for whom the bell tolls, you know, that's, that's Nick Gage's theme song. So as soon as I hear that, I'm immediately going to be like, oh, what's this all about? Uh, but if the music was not as as big of a part of of uh, TikTok, do you think that TikTok itself would even be as as massive of a social network as it as it currently is? Well, you know, I don't know if you guys remember Musically, but you know, TikTok is basically Musically. Like that's what Musically became was TikTok. So oh. if you didn't have the music as a part of it, then it really wouldn't there really wouldn't be a TikTok in the first place. Because a lot of that came from people learning dances to songs and using certain parts of songs to create their content. So, you know, if you didn't have that aspect of it, you really wouldn't have the app that you have today. Yeah, well, I'm learning. That's interesting. I didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, too, with the dancing, like the, the TikTok dances went viral. You know, and and just that ability to have that expression. Everybody kind of looked silly doing it. Like, you know, everybody looked ridiculous. But then, like Larry was saying, putting it with a popular song. Um, I saw even you had a, a new dance challenge video in there, at least one or two of them, uh, Nick. And, you yeah. know, you were you were doing the dances and, you know, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think it's neat that people are in an age where so much on social media is contrived and, you know, you have people like the Kardashians who completely own up to, you know, Photoshopping and editing everything. So what you see on social media isn't real. And then you have people in their living rooms doing these, you know, little silly dances and stuff like that. And everybody kind of looks equally ridiculous, but you know, there's that, um, it's just such a juxtaposition to me that, you know, you have these beautifully crafted images on one hand, and then you have people literally, you know, in their pajamas, no makeup, just, you know, uncoordinated selves doing everything. And it's like, you know, for me, I feel like that's um, rewarding to see that, you know what, we don't always have to put on an appearance, like just be yourself. And I think that's been kind of like the cool thing to see with TikTok is that it's not the heavily filtered stuff that you see on social media. I mean, although I will say I fell down the rabbit hole over the weekend of TikTok filters where you can apparently make yourself look perfect. So <laughs> if that, I don't know if any of you have gone down those rabbit holes, but um, you know, that's, it's, I just think it's a, it's really neat how it's be able to, you know, bridge this kind of um, fine line between social media, you know, what's real and what's not real. One thing that a lot of people on TikTok uh, really love is uh, authenticity, uh, being genuine. You know, there are some who enjoy the fake, but for a large portion, you know, people enjoy authenticity. And that's, uh, I think that's one reason why I've been uh, able to be as, I guess, uh, popular as I have been on the app is because of the authenticity of what I do. You know, I'm genuine. I'm not trying to sell you anything. 
Uh, well, I have done stuff where I was trying to sell stuff, but that was, you know, things that I really enjoy, like, you know, beer products and that kind of thing. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of share of yourself and the things that you love and find people who like the same things that you do, which is why some of the stuff that I do as far as like teacher stuff and those type of things, you know, you said it yourself, you look at those things and you say, I know all about that because I've experienced that before. You know, people will watch the wrestling content and be like, I love that because that's a wrestler that I enjoy too. And I feel the same way whenever I see it that you do when you see it and you connect and you you find people who have like interests and you say, wow, I didn't know that somebody else enjoyed this the same way that I do. So mm-hmm. it just, authenticity is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's a big part of at least what I've been able to do on the app. Yeah, I can see you, you come across as very authentic. Um, and that, when you said something, it reminded me of one of your other videos that I watched and it was where you're at church. And it was the um, Jesus Christ baby entrance. And I wanted to ask, <laughs> did you do that in front of a congregation or was that you just filmed it in the church? Because I'm curious to know what, you know, the reaction of churchgoers may have been to that video. I, lo- I loved it. I, I watched it. I, uh, <laughs> it was- so I volunteer in my children's church. Uh-huh. Uh, the kids were getting ready to come in. So uh, sometimes I will hurry up and do videos in that venue before the kids can come in. Uh, I recreated uh, Seth Rollins' uh, entrance at the Royal Rumble, the uh, bringing back the Shield entrance, but doing it the way that Seth kind of walks now. And Mm -hmm. uh, did that in that same... I wasn't on the stage at that point. I was somewhere else. But there have been a bunch of times where I've done videos in there before the kids have been in and I've done some when the kids have been there and you know they know about all the stuff that I do and you know I'm a wholesome creator I don't curse I don't do anything lewd or uh you know just debaucherous uh on the on, on the app so they're totally fine with it and it's uh one of the funniest things to me is um when the pandemic was going on and it's still going on but when we were finally able to start going back and going back out of the house and doing stuff uh once the lockdown started to be lifted and we had a a lawn service at church where we were outside of the church all sitting in our cars or on the lawn in lawn chairs and it was the first time that uh, my pastors and the people at the church had seen me uh in person since everything had started and my pastors are all walking up to me going, hey, man, I really enjoy those videos that you're doing online. <laughs> and it was, it was it was really cool, but it was also halfway awkward. Where I'm like, oh, my God, God is watching me. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so it, 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 it kind of it, it it was it was just really interesting, I'll say, uh, to have those to know who was watching. And uh, that they actually enjoyed what was going on, even the wrestling stuff. So it was, <laughs> it was very interesting. That's cool. That's great. I think it's too. There's it, it's really refreshing as someone that can. Sometimes you know, social media can be so toxic. 
um, and make people want to get off, especially when you get into election years and politics and people being nasty to each other. So it's so nice to come on and see content like that. I mean, that's one of the things that stuck out to me. To me, um, that's kind of what social media should be for. Um, just fun and, you know, laughing and um, n- not so serious, even though some people, you know, a lot of people use it for that. But to me, it was just refreshing to see you. 100% agree. Uh, that's part of what I was doing from the beginning is I just wanted to, we were all stuck in the house. People were getting depressed and sad. They were staring at four walls. They didn't yeah. know when they were ever going to get to leave again. So if I could do anything to brighten the day, to make someone smile, to make someone laugh, uh, to take their mind off of all of the things that they were going through uh, at that time, uh, it, it really you know, brought me some joy to bring others joy. And I would constantly get messages from people saying, you know, they had physical ailments. They had stuff that was going on in their life. Uh, they had sick family members, that kind of thing. And just being able to see my videos helped them to take their mind off of those things at that time. And it just meant the world to me that I was able to help others in that way. Right. So, so like basically during the pandemic, it was you and the Tiger King. you and the tiger king that keep people distracted (laughs) Tara will tell you that she went she went all the way back to the beginning of my tiktok my very first video on tiktok was a tiger king video was it really not really I, I was it one was of those the, people uh, that just fell into that trap. I watched one episode and I, right around the time and I was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing show I've ever hooked. seen. We all did. Just hooked. You know, just, yeah. 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 I oh, didn't start watching best. stuff right just away. You know, did I, yeah. Sarah? You did I, but eventually it was like you had to. Yeah, it took me a couple of weeks because, um, you know, whenever when we shut down, I was able to transition to teaching online because I teach online. But my yeah. high school kids, they didn't have Internet at home. They didn't have working devices like I was making photocopies and driving to their houses and leaving stuff on their doorsteps. I mean, it was crazy. So, like, I, I really that first three weeks was really, really tough. And then I, I, by the time I got into watching all the stuff that went viral, I was a month behind everybody else. But by then I like really needed it. Like, and I would look forward to it because that was my off switch because we were working crazy hours. I'm sure you were too. I mean, it was, it was like the day that never ended. It was 10 times worse than a regular school day. And um, yeah, I found that I was looking forward to those things. Like, great, I'm going to finish work by 11 o'clock so I can get in bed and I can watch the next episode of Tiger King. (laughs) So it was, it was helpful. We needed this kind of content. I think, you know, we needed to, to have a distraction to deal with the things that we didn't understand were happening. We needed an escape. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, that, that kind of stuff was an escape to get away from all of it. And I was like you. I kind of came on to the whole Tiger King train a little bit late mm-hmm. because I was constantly working uh, during the pandemic. When everything first started, I was uh, hired to work with uh, this group of teachers who were providing enrichment for uh, kids uh, who were the children of people who were working on the front oh. line. So they didn't have to worry about uh, seeing how they were going to get their virtual schooling done because we had on Zoom room. 
Uh, they didn't have to worry about getting a babysitter or having the kids around uh, their parents or any of their elderly uh, family members because they were high risk. And uh, doing that from six in the morning to well, five in the morning to like five, six in the afternoon and then coming home and making like 10, 15 TikToks was yeah. just wiping me out. So uh, it took a while before I just was able to sit down and be like, okay, let me go ahead and watch Tiger King. And it I, after the first episode, it was like, there's no way that this is a real thing that happened. So you just have to yeah. keep watching and watch everything unfold. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it took me a while to get on it too, but once I did, that was it, buddy. Hooked. Completely hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. The yeah, the only thing more disappointing for me was like when that when that was over and there wasn't no more was um do you remember President Trump's last day in office and he had a, his lawyers had a had a limo? Tara, do you remember that? Uh mm-hmm. Tiger King's um oh, lawyers. Yeah, had, yeah. They thought for sure he would yeah, yes. they thought for sure. And it was like there was like a bill, it was like building up on Twitter, like people weren't even had gotten past like the change of the presidency. It was just like, are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it? <laughs> and then unfortunately and very disappointing, he didn't. And right. poor uh poor Joe Exotic had to his lawyers had to return the limo and he had to he had to, you know, accept the fact that he wasn't getting pardoned because, you know, it was uh, just amazing the way that he kind of took, you know, kind of he's that symbol in a lot of ways for the pandemic. So many people um, just kind of got hooked on that show during that well, time. Oh, yeah. You know, and now he's trying to get released because he has cancer, apparently. Colon cancer. I didn't yeah, know that. Does he really? Yeah. So he was Colon trying cancer. to get released so that. um he could have medical care outside. Of I didn't. I didn't know that. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Which um, that actually reminds me of something else I wanted to ask you about, Nick. Um, I had read that you um, have a friend who is battling ALL, uh, Zoe, and you had shared yeah. her GoFundMe. How is she doing? Uh, Zoe actually passed away. Oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Did not know that. Uh, I, yeah. I searched everywhere before I asked, and I couldn't find any information. I was like, oh no. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm with very. Zoe, I, I I will always love that girl with all my heart. Zoe was one of my biggest supporters uh, when I was uh, selling the Be Great shirts. You know, they she got one, and you know, she sent me a picture of her wearing it, and you know, I'd become uh, good friends with her mom and dad, and uh, yeah, it just, I it, it really broke my heart uh, when she passed away. Uh, but you know, we will always fight for Zoe and we will always have love for Zoe and we'll keep her lifted high because she was a fighter, a warrior, a battler. And, you know, I wish I had 10 times the will and strength, or I wish I had a 10th of the will and strength that Zoe had because it would make me a better man. Oh, I read, um, I was following along with her updates on her GoFundMe, but then it just kind of stopped last year and I wasn't sure. We um, we had somebody uh, near and dear to our hearts in MCW. Uh, we called him the mayor of MCW. He was the very first student to ever train. Um, his name was the Bruiser. He was our heavy 11-time heavyweight champion. He passed away last year to AML leukemia. So when I was reading her story, I saw a lot of parallels and just what kind of a fighting spirit that she had. So um, that's 
very sad that she passed. Um, it's an interesting connection you guys had, and um, I wanted to ask about that. So, again, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to bring everybody uh, down there on that. What's that? Okay. It's, I, I appreciate you asking. It's it's totally fine, you know, because uh, it just it's a reminder of, you know, having the will to fight. Yes. And, you know, no matter the circumstance. And that's what really that's a lot of what Zoe uh, taught us and showed us. So I'm forever thankful for her. Yeah. And, you know, Tanner, it's not a downer because um, some of us believe that no one ever really dies, especially if you keep their legacy alive by bringing them up and talking about the fighters that they were. And even the cast, even the MCW cast that we're on right now is in honor and in tribute to the Bruiser. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really a hard pill to swallow that our loved ones are going to move on, but we're always going to keep them alive in our hearts and speak their speech and uh, there you have it. So it, it, it's not a downer at all. And you, you've enlightened me because I didn't even know about Zoe and her struggle and, and how we could tie that to RJ and his his battle and, and just getting people to learn and, and, and be more empathetic and passionate when they interact with one another and talk about different situations because it's an, an inevitability in life that it is going to it's going to go. So, right. Yeah. And it's you know, and it speaks to the fragility of life, you know, and that we, we all have our limited time here. And, you know, um, it's, it's important to fill our time with, you know, things that give us hope, things that give us joy, things that make us smile, you know, like the way your videos do, the way music does, the way art does, the way wrestling does. So, you know, it's all very much interconnected with, you know, how we live our lives and, you know, bring, carry that positivity with us and everything that we do. And, you are a very positive person. I can tell that, you know, and I'm sure that your students are thrilled. You know, they're probably going, I got Mr. Harrison. <laughs> so <Right? laughs> when, they, when they get their homeroom assignments, I'm sure that you're the popular teacher. So that's, and, what, and you're gonna, that's what I like to think. So uh, <laughs> well, you're going to you're going to give me a lot of points as a dad with my daughter. Um Oh, yeah. My daughter's my daughter. My daughter's eleven, and obviously, I, I've been in wrestling all her life. And um, over the years, had her at shows when she was three through ten, and gotten pictures with Ric Flair and Matt and Jeff Hardy are like two of my closest friends. So she's taking pictures with them and Lita and Mickey James, and all the time she'd like look at me like I'd say, "Here, take your picture with Matt and Jeff Hardy," and like whatever, Dad. You know what I mean? And um, just was totally unimpressed. But when she sees this with me interviewing you, she's going to be impressed. You're going to earn me some points as a dad for sure. The the secret's out. This is why you asked me to come on in the first place so I can impress you. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be over with his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I think it's really cool what you do. Like I said, it's um, it, you're a, you're refreshing. You're a refreshing part of social media. And I, I don't know when you mentioned it. It was, it was. I, my daughter had showed me to you, but my friend Jeff Jones, one of my closest friends, he um, he runs all of social media and like the website for AEW. He's been there from day one, and that's what I saw him sharing. I think it was duetting maybe the Adam Cole, and that's when I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy that. Peyton showed me and that's what kind of made me and then reach out to you and start following along and go this is really cool so yeah. I think well, it's, it's interesting what you do just Jeff Jones man that's a what's bad. that yeah my night. oh my gosh yes he's he's from down here he's from here he's Jeff's um Jeff's my closest friend uh we've been friends for like 30 years 
Um, you know, I met him like my first day in wrestling school and we've been friends ever since, but yeah, he, he runs all their, so when you're getting shared, it's, it's probably by, there's a secret for you by judge Jeff Jones, probably the one sharing your stuff in AEW. He's the one that runs their runs all that for him. So. You've made my day. You've made my, <laughs> my book. Saying that Judge yeah. Jeff Jones is the one sharing my stuff, right? Ah, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you have that distinction now. <laughs> I t- like I said, I'm a huge uh, ECW fan. I think I, yes, it's sitting right here. Like, I grew up. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got the ECW world title uh, sitting back in my room. Uh, I have an autographed picture of Bill Alfonso uh, here at the house. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I love me some ECW. So when you tell me that Jeff Jones is the guy that's sharing my stuff for AEW, yeah, I'm popping right there. <laughs> yeah, help. ECW was something special. I was going up there doing matches with Axel. Um, I, I always tell tell our young guys that too. Because I'll, I'll tell them a lot of people compare it like you'll see like the Game Changer Wrestling, which is coming up and they'll compare it. And I always say now, man, there was some it was so special and it was so hard. But it, and it's nothing that could be duplicated, number one, because culturally, I don't think they could like, no you know, like no New way. Jack with the you know, I mean, New Jack was just, you know, off the charts. Um, with, you know, and the music and just everything and the violence and then, you know, the, the you know, pile driving women, all the stuff that I if like ECW is on the scene now, I think they they'd be canceled. Uh, you know, they would yeah. be canceled. People wouldn't able to be handled it. But at the time, it was so innovative and it was so special. And I was lucky um, through Axel and all and being able to get in. And I worked worked matches there for about a year Um and I, I was able to kind of be a part of it in a really small way leading into the time they first started doing pay-per-views. And it was just really, really special. And I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, I know people compare it to like GCW, but it, it's just not. It was just something really, really different. Um, right. That time it was really it was and it was really cool to be a part of it. It definitely was very much like a rock and roll, rock and roll lifestyle and very rebellious. and. Um, completely different but at the same time really cool and it was it was cool to be a part of it so show your support for the mcw cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com slash stores slash mcw cast you can pick up a full line of official mcw cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts visit teespring.com slash stores slash mcw cast well very good i guess What's that? Before we uh, before we let you go, uh, Nick, you know uh, Dan just mentioned the name of uh, one of the most popular indies that's out there right now, GCW, and us MCW Pro. We've been around for like twenty three years. Uh, being a lifelong fan, are there are there any other indies that you you kind of frequent? Uh, you know, Fight TV. I, I think the cat's out of the bag, and CW Pro is going to be featured on Fight TV within the next upcoming months. And then there's IWTV. Any of the indies? Uh, Indie darlings that uh, you see popping up on uh, AEW Dark Elevation and any any of the indies that you're into right now? Uh, I do enjoy GCW. Uh, I think it's really cool uh, what they've been able to do, especially with some of the talent that they've been, that they've been able to bring in. Uh, I love uh, Hoodfoot. 
uh, I think is really good. Uh, Willow Nightingale is uh, one of my favorite. I love Willow, man. She's, she's so really starting cool. to pop through. She's kind of starting. Yeah. To, she's starting to catch yeah. that wave. She's starting to catch yeah. that wave of momentum. Um. Yeah, definitely. She's a, she's yeah. a girl that's popping through. Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shane Taylor well, Shane, is somebody I really you, like. Uh, you know, I, uh, Con, Con and Moses. On TikTok the other day. I just saw you did the Shane Taylor entrance. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- Con uh, and Moses are our kids. Do you know the Soldiers really? of Savagery? Yeah. They're our kids. They're my kids. They're from my school. Yeah, Con and Moses. Oh. Now, Con is, um, he's, he's, he's doing some stuff with AEW. He moved down to Texas. Yeah. Um, he moved down to Texas and he's, uh, he's, you know, doing a lot of stuff with AEW. Moses is still up here with us, but yeah, Con and Moses are both our kids. They're from our school. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. I, uh, uh, like I said, Barrett Brown is somebody who I worked with before. Uh, he's been featured on NJPW strong. He's actually got a match coming up, uh, here in a couple weeks against Minoru Suzuki, uh, which is like his dream opponent. Uh, so I'm so happy for Barrett that he's getting the opportunity uh, to do uh, that kind of stuff. And just, you know, I, I, I love to try to get my to, to watch and get my hands on just about anybody that I possibly. Uh, who, uh, what is his name? Andino. Uh, boy, Andino. Uh, I love him, too. Uh, just some great young talents on the indie scene that I love watching and trying to keep up with their matches and. Uh, to see them rise through the ranks and, uh, you know, see somebody possibly uh, Frankie Thomas as a guy who's been on AW dark a couple of times. He's worked with WWE as well. He's somebody who works down here with us in BIW and Frankie's really awesome. Uh, there's What's his name? Really- Frankie Thomas. Frankie Thomas. Yeah. he's. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'll look him up. I'll look him up. Cause he actually had a match with an archer on dark uh, here. I want to say like a year or so ago. Uh, and Frankie's like one of those talents who's really starting to kind of be seen and get out there. Uh, so there's a, a couple of young guys who are coming up through the ranks that are doing uh, really well. And I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing uh, what their, you know, how their careers are progressing and growing uh, on the independent team. I'm going to have to get you, um, I'll get you uh, access code to our Rage TV, our streaming channel. I'd love to get your feedback on some of our stuff, some of our guys coming in. That way you can watch 100%. some of our, you can get into our streaming channel. What's that? I'd love to. 100% I'd yeah. love to. Yeah, yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to get your feedback on some of them. So, yeah, that's the neat part about independent wrestling. I don't, I've, and I've, I've been into independent wrestling for the 90s. It's neat. I don't understand when people... The people that even still get in today and are like just WWE fans and don't. It's like like it said, it's so cool. A lot of the guys that are ours, our students, but it's it's really neat being able to watch the rise. Uh, uh, you know that to me, that's the cool part of not just yeah. wrestling but independent wrestling. Watching them come in and start, you know, and um, you know, and 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 go all the way up. So what I like to got- compare it to, if you ever go to like a, a really nice restaurant. You know, everybody's got a steak. They all have a steak. They all have a pork chop. They all have these different plates that you can get. But if you get the board, you know what I'm talking about? Like the board that has all of the different things on it, like the the meats and the cheeses and a bunch of stuff that you've never really tried before. And you're like, wow, 
why have I never had this before? This is awesome. And it's got all these different things on it. Like the indies right now are these gigantic like tasting boards before you get to the main course. You see all of these different people who are really honing their craft and, you know, getting better and better with every single match that they have. And then out of nowhere, you end up seeing them on something like an AEW Dark or Elevation. And you're like, wow, what this, I'm so glad that I got a chance to see these people and yeah. see what they're doing. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to see what they're doing now uh, before they end up going to do some of these really big things. So I, I really enjoy uh, checking out uh, some of the independent talent and uh, a lot of them are on Twitter as well. And I've been able to like connect with them uh, through that because they're fans of the content and I'm a fan of theirs. Uh, I've gotten to be cool with, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Faye Jackson, who I love dearly. And mm-hmm. just so many great, uh, so many great talents. Uh, uh, Casey Lennox is another one that I yeah. really, <clears throat> I'll get a chance to work with her. She's coming down to BIW uh, in a couple of uh, we in a couple yeah, of months. She's getting all and, around the place, Casey yeah. Lennox. She was just up in, on Long Island. Up yeah, there, yep. uh, yeah, just doing a show up on Long Island the other night. I saw that I was watching it on IWTV, and I was like, "Is that Casey Lennox who used to come to all of our shows?" Dan? Yeah, that, I was just she gonna say up. she used to. She was a uh, you know eight, nine, ten year old girl sitting in the front row of our shows. Yeah, and yeah. Um, around in Maryland, it's uh, Maryland. We have a commission state, so you have to be eighteen. So it was yeah. around that time as she was getting older, she started training. Um, now, and I didn't have a school at the time, but she wanted to, to do MCW shows. We were, you know, have always been probably the, the premier indie, I guess it's safe to say without patting ourselves on the back in Maryland, in the Maryland area, she wanted to work, but it was just like a timing issue. And then she moved to Florida, but I actually just talked to her a couple months ago. We were talking on Twitter, but yeah, she grew up as a fan watching it. And as she was got to that point of training, she just wasn't. She was right around the like 16, 17 age bracket. So with the state athletic commission, we couldn't put her on shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, that's what we talk. I'm going to eventually get her up here. I know she wants to come up here because she's a Baltimore girl. And this was the promotion she kind of grew up watching. But yeah. yeah, she's doing good for herself. She really is. She, yeah. She's getting there. Like you said, Larry, she is everywhere, man. Everywhere now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, it's it's going to be cool to be able to work with her because I tweeted it out uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago that I was like, I'm excited to get to work with Casey Lynn. She's like, the feeling is mutual. It's just so it's it, to get messages like that from people who are actually in the business. And they're like, I want to meet you. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to meet you. So it's it's crazy to get that kind of stuff. And I just as a fan and somebody who truly loves professional wrestling, that kind of stuff just warms my heart, man. And uh, I'm just, I, like I said, I'm blessed and highly favored to be a part. And I'm, I'm just very thankful. Do, do you oh, see very yourself good. coming to, to Maryland anytime soon? Because I'm sure that we would love to welcome you into our locker room. I'd love to, man. Uh, I haven't been up that far. Well, actually, I was in Buffalo. Uh, which is a little bit past there, but I was in Buffalo uh, in December. Uh, But I haven't been to the Maryland area since I was in high school. 
So I would love uh, to come back out there and uh, to come see you guys because I want to get the chance to travel and go to some uh, different independent shows and different different uh, independent companies and check out uh, their stuff and just get to meet people and hang out and just have fun. And uh, I just, uh, I, yeah, I would love to. Cool. Yeah, and, and this is a for independent wrestling. The one thing this Northeast is, um, it's a hub that even a lot of indie wrestlers end up trying to move up this way because you get like you know we're up here, GCW, um, you know Jersey. Like it's it's a lot of a lot of really good indies um, right here in this you know you know Maryland, yeah. New York, um, Massachusetts. So you could you could make a weekend out of it some some Absolutely. sometimes you know. Yeah. yeah, like I, that's I, I like I said I I would absolutely love to because I like that's one of the areas I want to try to get out to the uh, the Maryland Massachusetts uh, New York uh, Pennsylvania area Ohio uh, get out to Florida I'm trying to get to Orlando here in the next couple of weeks uh, just in a lot of these places and just go to and and Dallas Dallas is a big hub for a lot of independent wrestling uh vip i want to say is out there because that's where jtg is uh running now uh for the for, for a good bit so i i really want to go out to a lot of these places who are here locally uh because i know uh, mania weekend in dallas is going to be insane yeah <laughs> but, yeah so a lot of these different places i want to try to get to especially this summer you know i won't be off until like june or july but uh, right. <laughs> once i have a little bit of time. I do want to travel and check some of these uh, places out, especially. Well, let us know. Yeah, let we us know. To, We'd love to have you. We've got a huge show coming up in May, um, May fifth, May. 16th. Oh yeah, talk about that. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a convention and a show. So we've got the Hardy Boys will be there. Um, we've got a convention during the day, and then uh, we've got our show during the night. So um, that is shaping up to be our biggest event for May, I'm sure. Um, so please keep me posted. You said May 15th. May 15th. Keep me yeah. May 15th. Yeah, it's a Sunday, but um, it's uh, right near Annapolis. So it's really close to the airport. I mean, like, what, five yeah, minutes? I can five take Monday off and just travel that day yeah. and just come down. Like, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. Just yeah. That's actually, that's actually going to be, yeah, that's actually going to be our first live stream on Fight. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be, we're going to go live on Fight. Um on that when we're getting all the paperwork stuff done now, but yeah, so that's going to be a big show for us. And, and the convention, I mean, there's probably 60, I know like Sammy Guevara, there's so many different vendors bringing in Sammy Guevara, take Conti Sting's going to be there. Um, But Matt and Jeff Hardy, um, they're, you know, wrestling OGK, but we also got Mike Bailey and Chris Bay from impact. They're on the show. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's on the show. Um, Ninja Mac from GCW is wrestling our one of our kids is getting a lot of notoriety. Action Andretti, yeah, you know, yeah, Action Andretti's one of our kids. He's getting a lot. He's starting to get a lot of buzz. Man, so, yeah, yeah. You said May fifteenth, yeah. right? Yeah, May fifteenth. Yeah, if you're, getting, if you're planning a trip. That's the weekend to come. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get you in. You, you'll get a turning for this, like for real. Yeah, yeah. You'll get all the TikTok videos you need. And I bet we could even I bet we could even arrange a trip to Jimmy's famous seafood for dinner. So yeah, we can can, can cross all the things off your list. (laughs) We can Yeah, that's that's obviously a wrestling stop. Matt Hardy. 
and Matt was talking about Jimmy's famous, and it's all, oh, all oh, that, oh. Yeah, there's yep. a big wrestling. Yes. It's a big wrestling hub. It's become, um, and and we're really close. We're really close with the owners. Um, we have been for a long time, but it's become like, you know, um, it's become the the hub that you know, and a lot of the guys like Roman Reigns loves the place. A lot of the guys in WWE and AEW they tweet about it, and every time they're in town now, that's um, they know that we're connected. So it's like Lance Archer example. Every time someone comes in, it's the first question I usually get is like, "Hey, what's up with Jimmy's?" You know, or how, how yeah. close is the show to Jimmy Seafood? And I'm always yeah. like, we already got you taken care of, you know? So, yeah, you, if you're you're a wrestling fan and you come to the Baltimore area, you definitely got to hit Jimmy Seafood for dinner. Indeed. Yep. So well, that's going to be part of it right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. down, man. I'm all the yeah, way Yeah, very good. Well, it has been a pleasure. We kind of went commercial free here. Yeah, 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 we, no, we're going to edit some commercials in. Um, we are going to edit commercials in. But um, I do want to say we uh, don't just have a show May 5th, 16th. We have one coming up this weekend. Um, uh, this show is airing on Tuesday, March 15th. So we've got a show on Saturday, March 19th in Parkville, Maryland. So you can get your tickets at mcwprowrestling.com or at our local ticket outlet at Hideaway Collectibles and pick up all of your collectible items that you may need because you're going to want to get those things autographed at the convention. So be sure to check that out on our website where you can find all of our latest ticket events. That's right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the MCW cast. Nick, we want to once again, thank you for joining us for MCW co-owner, Danny McDevin, the heart of MCW, Tara, and myself, Larry Legend. We'll see you all here next Tuesday at 8 for another edition of the MCW cast. You, you, baby, baby.